0: Good morning. Um, My name's Ethan. Um, I'm one of the members of the preaching team. Um, I'm one of, I think, four or five of us. And we've been going through a series on renewal. My notes won't stay still, so give me one moment. And this is the second to the last message message in the sermon series on renewal. We're pulling this from Ephesians. Goodness. <laughs> Hopefully they will stay where they are. I um, guess we've, we've been through kind of an interesting uh, 18 months to two years. Um, in the prior sermons, we've covered worship. We've covered prayer. Last week, we covered Unity in Spiritual Gifts, kind of part one from Ephesians 4. The first section, today we're going to cover the second section and talk about how these spiritual gifts get worked out in the messy day-to-day life of our church community. Um, Next week, Joel, I think, is going to cap off the whole series with how does our church community function in the greater world that we're in kind of in the global community and I am going to cheat a little bit into his territory uh, which hopefully sets him up well for next week um, but before I read the passage I am going to pray that is one of the benefits of being part of this community as we have access to uh, the, the author of everything um, so I'm going to ask for his help today. First of all, I thank you that you have called me us into your into your family. I thank you that this is a community that doesn't end when we do. I thank you that this this feeling in us, this nostalgia for when things were better or when things felt safer, is something that will ultimately culminate in your kingdom in heaven. I thank you that you've called us to work today on earth uh, to bring some of that kingdom, but help us to, to not forget that this, this longing for closeness and community is something that will ultimately not avoid or not elude any of us that we all will be part of your kingdom and that we are part of your kingdom today, but help us to live in the space today with the idea in the future that we will, um, what we can do in part now we'll be able to do fully Then I asked that you'd help me to say things that are from you. I asked that if there are things that are distractions or non sequiturs, I asked that you would help kind of keep those out of people's minds and bring Bring me and the people here what it is that you want them to hear. I pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. It's through his life that brings us here. Amen. All right, so I am going to look at my notes periodically if that offends you. You can just glance down in your laps and just listen. Um, But I will try to make appropriate eye contact here and there. Um, I'm going to read the passage. It's Ephesians 4, starting in verse 17 and going through to the end of the chapter. The the segment actually goes into chapter 5, but we're going to end it at the end of chapter 4. I'm reading this from the ESV. "Now, Now, this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in their futility of their minds. which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we're members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as, as such as is good for the building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath, anger, clamor, slander be put away from you, along with malice. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, as Christ in God forgave you. So I want to f- reframe some of the words in this text and just give a, a little highlight on there before we get into um, the overall message, which is really broken down into three parts. What did this mean for the people then? What does this mean for now? And then uh, what are some practical ways as we think about restoration and renewal to rebuild and restore? Bevan, you have a crown on your head. <laughs> Sorry. It, no, it's cool. It's great. It just <laughs> I was like, I just saw that on your child's head. And No, it's, it's a good look. Um, if a squirrel runs by, we'll probably also mention the squirrel. So I apologize for that. Um, but we are going to take some of what, what may b- build us up in community, some practical things that I've actually had to work through uh, personally that hopefully we can all benefit from. Um, so to reframe some of the text, if you think of the things that Paul says not to do, or don't be like the uh, the Gentiles who do these things. They're all things that each one of us could be doing right now, and no one would know it. I could be angry. I could have wrath. Um, I could be slandering, talking behind people's box. Um, I could be, and, and now the, it says stealing here. I think that the Sense is not so much stealing like rifling through someone's purse or wallet, but it's stealing in the sense that um, I might not put in a full day's work. I might write that I wrote X hours and I didn't write X hours. In this world, I may have kind of cheated the scales a bit. So this idea that Paul's speaking to, and I think that it, it is important for us, is that these are things that were happening in the community that... You couldn't see on the surface. They were just underneath the surface. But they killed, or they will kill, a Christian community. They will kill most any community. Um, So that's a little bit of context. Danny mentioned when he was speaking on uh, prayer a few few weeks back um, in his sermon, he He rooted his sermon in the Lord's Prayer. And something hit me then, thinking about Christian community, in this line uh, from the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray, as Danny referenced, we pray that the rules and order of heaven be put in place here on earth. earth. What we're asking for is that the community that exists in heaven in perfect order, with perfect motivation, with a perfect balance of truth and justice, tempered by love and mercy, that is in heaven, that that mark our earthly community, the church community. That's what, that's what Jesus is, is praying. But before we get to the church community, I want to uh, want us to think about, we're members of all sorts of communities right now. Um, I have a prop. It's not very exciting, so don't get too, too excited. Um, I'm, I think visually... Uh, if Stacy was looking for the umbrella earlier this morning, here it is. Um, this is our umbrella. And it's a big umbrella. And I want you to picture this umbrella as the biggest community. Everything under this community, represent, uh, under this umbrella, represents everything in the created world. You and I, all of the communities that we're a part of exist underneath here. So audience participation, what are some communities that you are currently a part of? Just shout them out. School community. Monday night, Monday night community. Work. Work. So wh- where is that? Uh, uh, B-I-W. Okay, so BIW is a community. What else? Family. family communities. Keep going. I'm going to fill out this underneath the umbrella. I wish I had all little strings, like a mobile, and I'd twirl it. Um, we're not going to do that. Keep uh, So neighborhood, what else? What are some other communities that we're part of? There's no wrong answer. Just um, I want us to think about the communities that we're involved in. Um, so, so we have church community. We have communities that we were born into that we have no say over. Uh, we have communities that we do have choice in. We can choose to join a social group. We can join a community group. We can go to this church versus that church. We can, go, um, we can go shop at this store that says X about us versus this store that says Y about us. So the idea is there are communities that we're parts of that we've chosen, and then there are parts that we have um, been kind of cho- that they've been chosen for us. They've been prescribed. I'll put this down so it's not distracting to me and everyone else. Um, so the the Ephesian community, you had people who were most likely in the trades. Uh, they were on a fairly busy port um, you had people that didn 't probably think too much about well, so what am I a part of? What club do I join? You probably got up, you worked hard if you were a fisherman, you fished if you were a, a builder, you built um, you were you were living in your prescribed community. the distinction though with uh, the in, in Ephesus was there were two churches primarily broad brush two churches there was the church to Diana or Artemis and then there was this new kind of upstart Christian Church uh, that Paul was writing to now in looking at the two um, the, the two churches you may not have known you may if I worked with someone who went to the Church of Artemis versus the Christian Church there may not be been that much outwardly different. Um, some of the practices or some of the history uh, that I read in on this says that the church to Diana or Artemis, there, there were, oh, um, it was a very uh, kind of gratuitous, self-serving, a lot of sexual practice. But then more recent cer- uh, research says that no, that wasn't the case. Um, it was more kind of an animistic uh, pagan or religion. Um, but the the Christian church was to be marked and by diff, marked differently than the church to uh, Artemis or or Diana. The the key difference was that the practices in one church served the people who went there primarily, whereas the church that Paul's speaking to served this larger, broader community, this this community, this umbrella. And it served all parts of it. The people in the community of, uh, in the little church of Ephesus brought what they were learning about who Jesus was, what he did in their lives, and they would bring this into their communities as fishermen, as stone cutters, as masons, as uh, tradesmen. And so the, the big picture behind the umbrella is the kingdom of God is about taking our, Little church culture here where um, thy kingdom come, thy will be done gets worked out into all of the different communities that we're a part of medical, church, school, all of the ones that you all mentioned. So there is this broader community. This broader umbrella is the way that God wants everything to work. But we have to think about the way that Paul is speaking to this church in Ephesus is okay, there are all there are. There are different messaging messages and different values that are competing, but ultimately this is God's world, and He wants things to work, and He wants us to model how Thy Kingdom Come, Thy Will Be Done, works under this uh, larger umbrella. So then, um, to us here, I would say safely that the last year has been pretty tricky. As far as it goes around communities, um, I would say it's kind of a disaster. And so I'm going to use I statements because I don't want to apply anything to you um, that you might not have experienced. But I would say it has been a disastrous year for me in many of my communities. Um, I don't know if the election nightmare preceded the COVID nightmare or COVID preceded the elections, um, but that has caused a lot of fractures and a lot of splinters in communities. It's also created a lot of loneliness, and it's created a lot of distance from communities. Whether or not it was um, someone pushing you out of a community or you pulling back, uh, whether it was intentional or not intentional, it has left a lot of people um, out of community. That's, that's my reality, anyway. Um, for our church community... We've had a number of families who were very much like family leave our community. That's really that's that's not an easy thing uh, over the last 18 months. And so this idea of renewal and restoration is um, (laughs) timely, um, but it's also important that we reconcile what has happened. And I have some practical ways that we can do that um, before and as we grow into new communities and as we look at, like, signing up for different things and hanging out with different people. Because if we don't properly reconcile what has happened, it may be easy for us to fall into some of the things that these Ephesian Christians fell into. And I know in my life I've got a, um, I've got a list of things, actually. Um, that I I wish I had done differently. I would love to tell you that I, through all of these changes in my community, I just clung to these verses and lived every one to the letter. I didn't. I went to bed angry. I went to bed angry a lot of times. I would read something someone posted, why I read it at 10 o'clock at night on Facebook. I'd read something that a good friend had posted and go to bed furious. Um, I would... Also love to tell you that I kind of kept that to myself and I was just going to keep this between me and God. No, I would talk to anyone who would listen about how right right I was and how ludicrous that this person in our community um, or in in one of the communities that I was a part of was acting. Um, And it it let... (laughs) That, that's some of the external, and I, I ask questions about: like, Am I am I doing enough? Am I not doing enough? What am I supposed to do? What's the right social choice? Am I being too cautious? Um, it it led to a lot of questions, and again, it it pulled me further away from community to a place where it's like, okay, just I'll just kind of seal off and and be okay here. But that's not what Paul's Paul's asking us to do. Um, one of the passages here. And I, I'm going to apply kind of these verses to where I've been and try to put them there rightly. But I want to start with the very end of his passage. So if you're in that space like I am, you are like, okay, great. I have all these feelings. I know they're not right. I know I'm supposed to be part of a community. I really don't feel like investing again because I got burned the last time and the last time before that. So how on earth am I supposed to... Renewed in community. How am I supposed to feel differently this time um, and moving forward? And I want to encourage you to look at the very last verse of this whole passage. It says, be kind to one another. Well, that's easy for you to say. Be tenderhearted. Same. And it says, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So when I realize that I'm I'm a player on the on the board. And I have been forgiven a whole lot. And I'm also I'm also the other side to someone's position. If I realize that I've I have been forgiven a whole lot in this community, this the 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 currency of this kingdom of God community is not fight for your right and keep your foot in the ground and Ethan. You gotta you gotta charge in there and, and straighten it out. It starts with Forgive one another as Christ and God forgave you. Now, some other pieces following that, it says, Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we're members one of another. If I'm starting that conversation from the position or the posture of forgive, as, uh, forgive one another as Christ forgave you, that's probably a good, good place to start very practically. Um, if I, if, if if the verse here, be angry and do not sin. Yeah, but if you knew how angry I was and how just I am in my anger. Yeah, but if I start with forgive one another as Christ forgave in God and Christ forgave you, it rewires and reshapes my thinking around the thing that I'm angry about. So I would ask as you work through this and maybe some emotions you have around kind of jumping into another community again. Um, think about some of the, the things that you might bump, in, bump into that might make having a relationship with a new person difficult and start with this idea for people in the community's past, forgive one another as Christ, God in Christ forgave you. Um, any questions so far? I know that that's not something we usually do, but we're tracking. Okay, good. Um, I'm going to give you two practical tools. Uh, these are both from my therapist. I said I've had a really hard time working through some of the, the changes of the last 18 months. Um, and they were really helpful to me. Uh, one, I think you can absolutely root in this passage, interestingly enough. The other is uh, entirely, I think, practical. Um, The other is practical as well, Uh, but this one helped me deal with this idea that communities, a Christian community, all of the communities that we're a part of are not fixed. They're not fixed points in time. Uh, I was thinking about uh, Ken and Linda found a clip of their community from back in the 70s, 78, and that's probably a part of your life. And it's it's a short clip. It has a piece of their wedding ceremony. Ish in it. Um, Stacy saw it. I haven't seen it. I'm really interested in seeing it because I've heard so much about the, that community, and I think if we think of communities that we have been a part of, we're like, oh, that was that was the time. Everything was right then. But what maybe age, baldness, wisdom has shown me is communities are always fluid. There's people moving in and out. So my little practical thing, and I thank my therapist in Yarmouth for this. Picture, or if you have a little pen and paper, draw three concentric circles and put a dot in the middle. You are the dot. Every the people that are closest to you, you are going to put in that first circle. It might be your spouse. Uh, it doesn't mean physical proximity. It could be a, a great friend that is hundreds of miles away. Like for me, my younger brother is down in North Carolina. Um, he's probably one of the closest people that I am like, and and vice versa in my life. We don't see each other. We don't even talk a whole lot, but he's in that inner circle. But then as I, as you grow out, so who are people that you value? Maybe it's the way that you interrelate with some people here. You value if they didn't show up on Sunday like, oh, that's odd. Um, maybe I should send them a text or, and then you go out another layer. Maybe I won't send them a text. Um, but the idea is you have these different circles in your life of, um, of kind of emotional, spiritual safety. And the closer they are in, the more safety they provide and the more of a connection you have. Well, it is fluid. If you have people or you are about to go through a change, you're going to move. You're changing jobs. I, just, I went through a job change a year ago, and that's, that's another area where this is really helpful. You put a little plus sign next to the people that you want to bring closer. You put a little minus sign to the people like, okay, for any number of reasons, this person has moved out of rung. There's no right or wrong. It's not a question of um, this person uh, is is dead to me forever. That's something I struggle with. Once I'm done with a relationship, apparently I am pretty good at moving someone from the inside to the outside. I don't know if anyone else struggles with that, but this has really helped for me to realize, okay, they're not... I do care about them. I just don't care for them as much as I did or care about them as much as I did for one of the, the core people. So as we think about community and community groups, if, like me, you struggle with this idea of someone being in or out, this gave me a, a simple, practical way to realize that people are always moving in and out, and that's completely okay. So again, that you, you don't get Sunday school points for this part of the pa- passage, But it was really practical and helpful. The second part, uh, I think you can absolutely root in this passage. Um, It's a little more difficult. It actually causes you to engage possibly with a person that has moved out and maybe has created some hurt. Maybe it's someone that uh, you're really close to. And one of the many items of the last 18 months has caused distance. And I know for me, this was really helpful because I couldn't, I couldn't justify how could we be so close and now be so distant. And I couldn't, I wasn't okay with the the wrongness that that felt. And I think to bring that un, unresolved feeling into new relationships, I'd be propagating the problem. So then, Again, thank you, uh, my therapist. Um, she said, here's the deal. You need to write a letter. It has to have four elements. First element is I love you. Second is I'm sorry. Three is I forgive you. And four is thank you. And I was like, oh, that sounds easy for you to say. She's like, no, think about it, Ethan. Why, why, do you have, why, why, are, you, why are you troubled by some of these relational fractures? And I got emotional because that's what she was trying to get to. Is like, like she got the knife right in there. She's like, you, you care and you're angry about this and you're frustrated. But the real reason you're frustrated is you love these people. So acknowledge that and put it in writing. This is, I love you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that um, we came down on two different sides of this political issue. I'm sorry that we came down on two different sides of X, Y, or Z. I forgive you. That's really hard, (laughs) especially if we have been hurt. But it's really important to, and and again, it's right in the passage. Forgive one another as Christ and God in Christ forgave you. It allows you that that relationship that we have with the Author of the Umbrella, who says, "I I will be with you. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to let you go." I'm going to give you the strength to forgive this person because I forgave you, Ethan. You can can do this. I am am going to stand with you because this is my economy. This is the way I want communities to work out under under my kingdom. So I forgive you. And then the last one is thank you. I I tried it. I haven't sent the letter yet. Um, But it was incredibly helpful for me to think through and process the emotions that drive my behavior and drive my thought process towards these people. If you take what Paul is talking about here, and you look at the words that he uses, he's talking about their emotions. They're angry. Um, they, feel, they, they feel like they don't have enough, so there's theft. Um, wrath, anger, slander malice again these are all things that i can be doing inside and no one will ever know but they will rip me up and they will rip you up and so to be able to start where paul starts for or start where paul ends forgive us one another as god in christ forgave you and then work back through so to okay yeah these are strong emotions I, I, am, I was hurt by this person because I love them. And I'm sorry for the things that I did in the relationship. And I forgive you for the things that you did. And thank you for all that I've learned through you. And thank you for all that I've learned about myself and you. And maybe that I learned that, you know, maybe I shouldn't hold on to these types of relationships quite as tightly. Maybe I should um, kind of hold back a little bit and maybe take a little bit more time before we get into the new one. My, my point in providing this is that as we think about renewal and restoration and opening our lives up, if we haven't really thought through what we have just been through, I think we stand a pretty good chance of replicating uh, this in the future because I think we all, we want this community. I think we're wired for community. We're wired to be together. But by being able to say, okay, this is where things went south. It's right here in the... Top, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor for members one of another. So I'm not going to push it down. I'm going to let people know what I think. I'm going to let people know what I need. I'm going to let people know in a community group like where I'm struggling. This is where I'm. Uh, this is where I'm. Um, this is where I could use prayer. Um, so I, I I believe I believe that it's very practical, and I believe it's something that as we move to the future, uh, thinking through some of these past issues can be helpful. Um, So I'm transitioning back to where we are. Joel is going to talk about next week, how does this work out in that larger community? And take the umbrella example. And again, if you remember nothing but the umbrella is kind of like how how God wants his community to work out and kind of he's overall. We're talking about our church community here. We all have choice. We could go to join other church communities. We could pack up and move to a different part of the country, with other pe- which other people have done. Uh, we have a lot of choice. Regardless of the community that we're involved in, work, school, church, these principles apply. And they will, they will bring the economy or the, the values of the kingdom of God into that community, wherever you are, to shape that broader community. There's much more at play than feelings. There's much more at play than, um, well, I'm doing this because I want to feel better. That's great. That's a great byproduct of this, these strategies. But the bigger strategy, the, the bigger reasoning is there is a much larger game at play. And, and there, is a king, there are kingdoms that are working things out internally. And how we fight in our kingdom and for our kingdom is crucial. I was talking with Finn a couple weeks ago. He may or may not remember it, about how i made some offhanded comment about how X person, if they knew kind of what they were wired for, um, they would be much happier or something like that. What I was trying to get at, and I don't think I did a great job communicating it, was, was this idea that we are all created to function under this community in this kingdom. So we have to function with the rules and we have to function with the, the tools to make our community stronger, to make that larger community grow. Um, so we're going to go to communion now. The thing that I would have us think about, a couple things actually with communion, is that as we take it, there are millions probably of other communities doing the exact same thing regardless of the uh, their, the communities they're a part of that they didn't have anything to do about uh, or any say in, whether they are in different countries, under different, um, some are kind of underground, some are in big mega churches, but we are all aligning ourselves to this idea that Jesus and his grace to us is what calls us into community and what calls us into relationship. And because of that, That is the the starting point that allows us to move into our communities and and bring the grace and that economy that that Jesus has given to us there. So I want you to think about all of those other people. And then if there are people that you have broken community with, think about this as the first step to repairing that and putting that back together. So we're going to go to communion now.
1: So, as Ethan shared, uh, we'll transition now to our time of communion. And with all the things that he mentioned squarely in in mind, I wanted to look um, just for a moment at Luke chapter 22, and I'll just read it briefly for you. A small, short, little statement that I think is quite significant. As the disciples of Jesus... um, His closest disciples and friends are gathering um, one last time with him to share in the Passover meal. And it says this, When the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. Seems like an insignificant statement, but I think it's actually putting the focus squarely on the idea that they are gathered together as a community To take part in this long, holy, sacred tradition of remembrance about how God has helped them. So as you're receiving the juice and the bread cup, hold on to it until we all have an opportunity to share together. But followers of Christ, uh, we find renewal through community, through thinking about living with one another as Jesus' followers in the ways that Ethan encouraged us. And in practicing communion, we are declaring that Jesus is the center of our community. And so with the differences, the disagreements, sometimes even potentially the arguments, we are gathered with him as our center. That's incredibly powerful and it's incredibly renewing. So, we're going to take communion with one another, centered around the great renewer who is Christ our Lord. We declare salvation, grace, mercy found in him so he said this I have fervently desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer for I tell you I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God and we are declaring that kingdom of God today that is here in our midst then he took a cup after giving thanks, he said, take this, and notice the community language he uses, and share it among yourselves. For I tell you, from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. So take this cup and share it among ourselves. He took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and he gave it to them and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, we need your grace. Whether we recognize it or not, we need your renewal. We're thankful for the renewal that you offer in your name. We're thankful for the renewal that can come. Sometimes it's uncomfortable, but we're thankful for the renewal that can come through a community of believers gathered in your name declaring your praise and glory beside one another sharing with one another and asking forgiveness saying I love you and giving thanks for one another may this be true in our community